Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. Guys, how do you talk about life when you haven't even lived at all? And how do you talk about love when the only thing you love is your dog? I don't know. lengthy episode focused on politics, including the primary campaign season and the coronavirus, an evolving global health pandemic, perhaps is the accurate way to describe it. So I would say listen and enjoy, but I'm not really sure that's possible. If, however, you are socially distancing yourself, then perhaps you have more time to listen and enjoy. And Riss and Babs are always entertaining. So, yes, officially listen and enjoy. Well, it has been a hot minute, Riss. Yeah. Really? How long? Two weeks? Longer. Really? I'd have to go back and check, but I think... (laughs) Might be three. Yeah, and that's just from when the podcast came out. You know, that's not from whenever we got together to Mm. do it, but... The days are blurring. They're they blurring really are. all together. They really are. And I should be in Alaska cheering on the Iditarod race, which What's had it ceremony. You know, my dog. Oh, dog oh race. right. Okay, yes. Commemorating the... I didn't know what the name of it was. medical saving trip with the, for the people in remote Alaska, however many years ago, 100 years ago. Yes. 50, 60, anyway... Point being, they had their little ceremonial start in Anchorage yesterday, and today is the official start out in Willow, Alaska, and I would just like to share with everyone that two days ago, I was notified that I am an Alaska Life top fan. (laughs) Got my badge and everything. Nice. I know. I've never been a top fan on Facebook. That's exciting. I was, yeah, so... It made me reminisce thinking how I wanted to be in Alaska for this Iditarod race. Um, But then the timing of it is usually inconvenient. I think that the dog that led it is actually a statue in Central Park. And I saw the statue a couple of years ago. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Balto. Yes. There's probably a statue of Balto there. Because we were looking, and we were like, this is a really cool statue, and it's a yeah. Balto, and blah, blah, uh-huh. blah, but it didn't give the description of what... Actually... Or maybe he did, I just... It probably remember. had a little bit of a description. But then they showed it on the news clip yeah. that I saw a couple weeks... Actually, I just saw something a couple weeks ago about Balto, and... It makes sense, because the... He's stuffed was somewhere, out. too, just so you know. Um, I may have seen him stuffed yes. at Iditarod Race Headquarters, Okay, <laughs> where we were... Uh, last summer on our Alaska trip, but yes, I have just got to figure out when to get back to Alaska, and I wanted to try it out in the winter, but 
Well, it just goes to show you also where there's a will, there's a way. And the trip they took to get that medicine to those people yeah. was, I mean, it was almost they, death defying. Yes, they did not think they were going to, you know, make it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to see. Let's see if I can look up closely here, see what happens. Uh, yeah, so it's an annual long-distance sled dog race run in early March from Anchorage to Nome. Uh, mushers and a team of 14 dogs, of which at least five must be on the tow line at the finish line, cover the distance in 8 to 15 days or more. Oof. The Iditarod... Oh, I forgot. The Iditarod is as old as me. The Iditarod began in 1973 as an event to test the best sled dog mushers and teams, but evolved into today's highly competitive race. Mush. Um, let's see. Though I want to... I, I want to know a little bit of the history of it. Um, okay. Hmm. The most famous event... Okay, the most famous event in the history of Alaskan mushing is the 1925 Serum Run to Nome, known as the, quote, Great Race of Mercy. It occurred when a large diphtheria epidemic threatened Nome because Nome's supply of antitoxin had expired. Dr. Curtis Welch refused to use it and instead sent out telegrams seeking a fresh supply of antitoxin and the nearest was to be found in Anchorage nearly 1,000 miles away and the only way to get it there was by sled dog as planes could not be used and ships would be too slow so Governor Scott Bone approved a safe route and the 20 pound cylinder of serum was sent by train 298 miles from Seward to Nanana both places I was last summer Cool. Where just before midnight on January 27th, it was passed to the first of 20 mushers and more than 100 dogs who relayed the package 674 miles from Nanana to Nome. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But they got it there. They got it there and they saved lives. That's excellent. I know. That is excellent. I like a good, I like a good story. But you know what? That was a team effort. Why didn't oh, yeah. those do- other dogs get recognized? Well... I guess Balto <laughs> is just the most famous. Right. I don't know. I hate that. Yeah. Well, you know, can't give everybody recognition. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> it's funny because I'm also, I just started reading this book. Me too. So I wasn't. I bet we're not reading the same book. We are probably not. I am reading, uh, I think it's called The Great Alone. By Chris- I was just, I walked by that book in the library and I said, should I read this? Oh my God, that is Now funny. I'm going to have to. Well, the book is set in Alaska in 1974. Okay. And so, uh, the funny thing to me is, so this family, the dad slash husband has come back from the Vietnam War. He was a prisoner of war and mm-hmm. he's struggling and this man he served with who died over there, like his dad gave them this property in Alaska and said, you know, my son always spoke very highly of you. He wanted you to have this. So the mom, dad, and daughter, a 13-year-old daughter, have moved up to Alaska. And part of the reasoning is the dad slash Vietnam vet doesn't like what's going on in the lower 48 and just wants to escape. Okay. And, you know, in today's political climate, there may also be people who don't like what's going on in the lower 48. <laughs> And want to escape. You know, the people who aren't on board with Trump or aren't on board with the Jomentum. Have you heard this saying, Jomentum? Jomentum? No, I have not. 
Biden's campaign. That's their little catchphrase, like, catch the Jomentum. I kind of like, like that. Momentum. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like that. And then I don't know if Bernie's changed his from the last time he ran, but, it, you know, it used to be like, feel the burn. Yes. Yeah. So um, I will officially go on record and say I'm disappointed that these are our two front runner choices. I will go Once on again, record and say that as well. Old white men. Old white men. So disappointing. But the hope is that both of them will choose women as their running mates. Um, well, okay. That would be interesting. Um, maybe they will. So, um, yes. Yeah, so the, the rumor is that Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren... Oh, Elizabeth are, isn't going to be anybody's vice no, president. No, I don't think so either. No. But there was, uh, and Peter, some someone even mentioned Peter Buttigieg as, as, and I think Joe Biden had said, I'll find somewhere for you in my administration. Yes, VP, I mean. Since I think he would be great for Veterans Affairs, but. I me. actually think he needs something a little meatier than that. Mm, like a cabinet I, level position. Veterans yeah. Affairs is not a cabinet level position. So. I did not know that. And it should yeah. be, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I don't know that it needs to be... It's just poorly run and it's unacceptable. And somebody needs to do something about it. I think it's getting it. better. I feel like our friends who have family members who have served have said it's getting... It's gotten a little better. Okay. I don't know. But anyway, going back to the female... Yeah, Amy, choices. I think I think Joe might pick Amy. I think so. That would be a stronger Midwest choice than Buttigieg, just because Pence is from Indiana. So right. I don't know how much traction Buttigieg gives you in the right. Midwest. And then, then, I don't know, Kamala Harris, people were talking about yeah. maybe she'd reappear. But then it's like, well, what is the value of somebody from California? Because mm. the Democrats will win California anyway. Right. But as a minority female, could she swing, help right. swing more of the vote? Right. But I don't think she's okay with his platform. But Biden's platform? Yeah. No, or with uh, Sanders. Sanders. I don't think anybody except Sanders and his supporters are fine with his platform. I think AOC is, and she tends oh, to run with him. Jonathan did say that to me the other day. And I thought about that, and I thought, how scary. Well, here's the thing about Bernie is... I don't know why people are believing him. He yeah. has no actual plans for what he says he wants to do. None. And so when you say, and first of all, he's like free college for everyone. That's not even That's not even true. possible, yeah. Well, well we, yeah, we don't know that it's possible because he hasn't explained to us how he would do it. Mm-hmm. But also even like what I've read, I feel like it's free college for... But there are, you know, income restrictions on that. So if you make less than this amount of money, then college is free. And I'm like, well, that doesn't help me. So, right. Right. Um, and then Jonathan says, you're starting to sound like a Republican. I'm like, I'm just very frustrated with Bernie. Yeah. So. And, uh, and then my girlfriend, um, you know her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has friends that, a family that live abroad in places like New Zealand and Australia. And mm-hmm. I have family that live in like France and Italy mm-hmm. and and England. Yeah. And you hear about how socialism works in these other countries. And the thing of it is, is that the poor 
have to it affects them the most and not in necessarily in good ways like they're still over there you mean yeah really they still struggle like it's like they still won't see a doctor they won't be able to see a doctor for three days like they have to right. wait to see but doctors. i think that's everybody i think that's like even okay maybe even here too i mean seriously unless we go to the emergency room or an urgent care i mean and most people wouldn't do that because maybe they they don't have the money or the insurance yeah do you know so I, I, what i'm trying to say is like poor people are still gonna have to wait we I think still, over there, everybody waits, though. Like, my friends that have come from there... No, the wealthy people don't. Really? Yeah. Well, all right. Not that my friends who live over there are wealthy, but, you know, they Let's say wouldn't be poor. Class. Right. And But it's like, yeah, if you want to get approved for something, you know, yeah, it's just a longer wait, possibly, because everybody has health insurance, so right. there's no... You know, right. Um, although, I don't know. I mean... I think the countries in Scandinavia are interesting to me because they're truly socialist. Like, I don't consider the UK to be truly no, socialist. No, but they're also very, very small countries. Well, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I think there are places where it works right. and the US is just too large. And everybody pays at the minimum 40 to 50% in oh, income. Oh, it's super high. Taxes. But when you have everything else paid for, mm -hmm. you know, the question is, like, do they still have, let's say, the same amount of discretionary income right. as other countries? If you have the same amount of discretionary income, I mean, you know, the thing in America that people, we just have this idea, our ideas of freedom and manifest destiny and all this other stuff are tied up in the government not controlling our lives, right? Correct. Which, you know, this country was founded on breaking from a government that was trying to control their lives. Right. So, but I think that a modern day civilized society, that there is a necessary place for government. Oh, sure. Um, well, protection being the topmost. Yes. There's always, you know, the national defense. Um, and also the local defense. I mean, let's, you know, the, yeah. the taxes pay into that. Yeah. So I'm thinking more of the federal government because that's really what people seem to have the right. biggest problem with. Like, you know, a common schism is federal versus state governments. And we're right. a republic and people think that more power should be given to the states than to the federal government because at least that would well, that's localize a very Republican control. View. Yes, I think so. Um, the Democrats would say leave it. Well, I think the Democrats to the government, the have, federal government. Yeah, I think they have maybe I don't know a broader scope of what they want the federal government to handle because they want it consistent across all 50 states. So things right. like civil rights right. or, you know, and we do have federal laws that are therefore important and in place, like that deal with civil rights and, you know, the Americans with Disabilities Act and all kinds of things where as a country that allows people to move freely within it, you don't want to end up restricting that because people are like, oh, if I move here, it's going to be a whole different right. set of circumstances. So, I don't know. To me, and this is generalizing, and my Republican friends may be offended, but 
you know, my thing is I'm always just a little bit blown away by what I consider the hypocrisy of the Republican platform relative to federal government oversight. So they don't want you in their business. They don't want you in their religion, but they think that the government should control women's bodies Mm -hmm. and their right to choose. And they think that the government should control who gets to marry whom and all these very personal life details that actually don't impact American society as a whole. I would agree with that statement. So to me, I'm just like, no, if you were going to be consistent, then it should be hands off everything and then i think that's where maybe you get your libertarians but um you know we've seen this country has reached i think a critical point with infrastructure Mm -hmm. like our stuff is now officially old so old that it's becoming dangerous and we haven't invested enough in infrastructure and i know the trump administration was was saying they wanted to make a priority but i don't think they've actually succeeded in this Mm -mm. and if you talk to somebody it's so weird so well let's define infrastructure bridges roads roads. uh see i would even open that up to things like education well that's not i know it doesn't it's not considered but it's got to fall in under that because it affects everyone yes but so yeah that's more of a conceptual infrastructure concept for what I would call like yeah civilized society like you right but that's its own department infrastructure would be a very specific bill that would be focused bridges roads tunnels Tunnels. um anything that is you know overseen by the federal government so like I don't know if that includes railways because you know those companies are private and maybe they're responsible for it Mm -hmm. I actually don't know who's responsible for the railroad tracks maybe it is the government right you know, Amtrak, for example, just leases permission to use it or something. But I don't know who does the maintenance on right. those types of things. So, and, you know, here's my point. Because people who didn't like Obama, you know, will say he didn't do anything. He didn't get anything done. And then when you point out that he had six of his eight years were with an obstructionist Congress where, you know, the Senate Majority Leader literally said, we're not working with him and we're not passing any of his legislation. Right. You know, and he got two years where he had a Congress that was favorable to him, but he also inherited the financial mess from the Bush administration and, um, you know, the recession and the savings and loan crisis and had to deal with getting the country back on track from that. Right. Before he, and by the time he could focus on other things... But then, you know, so Trump had his Congress for the first two years of his administration. So I always say the people that complain about Obama, they're like, he didn't get anything done with his Congress. I'm like, what did Trump get done? Let's evaluate it. He didn't get done everything he said he was going to do. No, as a matter of fact, he hasn't, he's the only president that hasn't passed. So it was like, you know, your first 100 days in office. Yeah. He didn't meet that criteria. Most people, most presidents had met. A certain criteria, like bills, uh, bills they had introduced or something. Yeah, he didn't meet that criteria. He was the only president well, I think that he was working fell on the short. executive order side of things. He wanted to beat Obama's executive order okay. record. I well, think. Okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, so infrastructure is in, in, composed of public and private physical improvements such as roads, 
railways, bridges, tunnels, water supplies, sewers, electrical grids, and telecommunications, including internet connectivity and broadband speeds. Okay. So, yeah, so they're saying yeah. public and private. I mean, the government doesn't control all of that, obviously. Obviously, but they yeah. can legislate to try to... And or they can use, give government yeah. contracts. They can be like, we're giving this much money to improve this, that, and the other thing. Right. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I think bridges are perhaps the most... Bridges and tunnels, things that can collapse on you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like if you look at the number of bridges in this country that have like a D or F rating now, it's like, oh no, don't drive over those. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> um, but yes. Yeah, so I don't, I don't even know if any type of infrastructure bill has been introduced. Yeah. And that was a big thing of his. I mean, yes. he said he was going to build the wall. Which, which maybe he, he considers infrastructure. He built some of it and it collapsed. He, yes. He is not, <laughs> he is, he, well, what, he's fully misleading are grossly misleading the American public on what has been done with the wall. And yes, of course, there's the part that fell over. <laughs> which I'm like, maybe it fell over because it wasn't actually attached to anything right. on one side. Like, maybe they just put it when up. When you like... build something, should you at least not have a post? Right. And then, of course, the hilarity of the wall. Okay, it goes to here, and now I can just walk around it. Like, like so did you watch the State of the Union? No, because you know I can't bear that. All right. So. so the thing was, I said to Chris while I was watching it, and I was watching Nancy Pelosi behind him shaking mm-hmm. her head, mm-hmm. and I was wondering, A, how much of this is true, mm-hmm. or how much of it is true, but he took credit for. Right. So it's, I and I, I was like, I want to know a legitimate fact check. Right. So oh, and I'm sure we can find one probably online. Probably, we'd have to go to Politico because it Maybe. would have to be, it couldn't be CNN or Fox. Well, the thing about be... Trump is he's just not totally with it. So I think he misspeaks a lot whether or not he means to. So I think he just doesn't get things right. Well, no, because this is the State of the Union. So somebody is actually writing this but for I him. But I don't know that he reads it off the teleprompter. I feel like... No, he, he does. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. He's, he's, you can see he that he's reading. He's reading. Yeah, no, he's when reading. When he speaks. Like, so I've the, read some of the transcripts. That's why I said, is it true when he's taking credit for it? Right. Or is it not true, and that's why she was shaking her, or that's why, I couldn't tell which Or maybe one. she just didn't like what he was saying. Right. I think. Do you remember, I mean, now we're, of course, we're so, this is what I'm saying, we're so out of date from, I don't think we've had a podcast since the State of the Union, which yeah, was maybe. early February. Yeah. And, um, you know, the people who were like, so outraged that she ripped up her copy of the speech at the end, I'm like, are you people freaking kidding me like you're fine with trump trashing oh, people and no, trashing, trashing people. people yeah you know putting them down like doing all these things and it's like she ripped up some paper that is going to be shredded anyway. anyway yeah 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 i'm like and again this is again the hypocrisy of all of these republicans you know during the 2016 campaign that are like labor labeling liberals snowflakes and all this other stuff right be, and, you know, throw a fit that Hillary dared to call some Trump supporters a basket of deplorables, which, a.k.a. totally true. Um, <laughs> but I think the whole, I think that this 
particular state of the union address because I don't even know that something like he had just been acquitted by the senate so he was like I'm the best only stuff like this would have happened probably during parliament in England because they get rowdy and they get crazy but it was just so funny because we're always we're more contained that's probably the only time we're more contained than the British so she went to go shake his hand when he walked in and he just turned his back on her wait how rude is that how rude is that and then she went ahead and ripped up the paper so who cares which I feel like she was entitled exactly. to do. Exactly. So, like, I have to sit behind you. She for didn't throw long. the papers at That's his right. head. She right? didn't shock him across the room. She didn't make paper spitballs out of him. Oh, uh, that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Uh, but and then Pence uh, just sat there with his bizarre smile. Well, that's who he is. I, yeah. He's creepy. He is. I mean. He presents creepy. I'll say that. There's something going on with him that I can't quite figure out. Well, but he's he's gay. You think? That's the working theory, which is why he's such a homophobe. And, you know, they're like, ah, nobody can put Pete Buttigieg on their ticket. We don't need another gay man from Indiana on the, on oh the ticket. Oh, my God. Well, think about it. I never Honestly, heard that theory. Here's the thing. People that are, like, so aggressively homophobic, it is usually literally they're gay themselves and they hate themselves for it or right. they're in denial. And that's why... They have to lash out because honest to God, otherwise you're a pervert. Who cares that much about somebody else's sex life? Right. It's not your sex life. Right. So why do you care? Exactly. And okay, fine, whatever. Your religious beliefs tell you that person's going to rot in hell. Doesn't affect your ticket to heaven. No. So why do you Bother, care? yeah. What do you care? So my theory is that every single homophobe is gay. I've always felt that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, the, you know. Go back to Shakespeare. The lady doth protest too much, methinks. <laughs> so, anywho, speaking of the crazy people on the right, I want to make sure this is fair and balanced. Okay. So, in a recent Sunday New York Times that I was reading, it might have been last week's, um, I there was an article titled, and this is the title, quote, Socialists bring tea party anger to dirtbag left. Oh, okay. That's a very interesting title. And I'm sure our, most of our listeners are familiar, you know, the Tea Party where the people, the radical right wing that came to rise and took over Congress in 2010. And they're like ultra right wing. So, right. And however, I, the, the term Tea Party got real quiet real fast. It had kind of, I don't ever hear the it term. It doesn't, yeah, it's not as prominent no. anymore. It was kind of yeah. 10 years ago. I was like, Tea Party, what is this? Like uh, 1776, what's going on? Well, so I wanted to see what this was about. So I read the article and it's interesting. So these are Bernie supporters oh. and they are as vitriolic and fueled by hate as the yes. far and right Trump let supporters. Let me be very crystal clear. When you watch The View, they talk about, the, what do they call Bernie bros? Bernie They're Bros. Bernie Bros. Okay, well, these and that's people, these people. These people. So there's they. They're. Uh, I forget what they call themselves, but there's a podcast called Chapo Trap, C H A P O Trap, and I was trying to listen to this, and they're too boring, so I might not get through it. But there, this is their like platform. Let let the hate feed you. The right answer is rage, and. This is what the article said, quote, They are the Tea Party reborn for progressives, and for their fans, the appeal is in a body offensive balance to cautious mainstream liberal politics. They want what Sanders wants. Now, this is what they claim they want. Universal health care, canceled student loans, 
free college and an overhaul of the tax system. They want to cut the national prison population by half, and they want to install a ban on fracking. So, which, you know, some of those things aren't inherently bad. Right. But as we talked about, well, universal health care, you know, the Republicans ruined that. Instead of trying to make the Affordable Care Act work, they gutted it and didn't have any type of placement Mm -hmm. (laughs) for it. Um, And, you know, I think, like, when I was talking with my dad, who is an ardent Trump supporter, um, you know, I reminded him and he didn't contradict me. I'm like, Trump did say, he's like, I didn't realize how complicated healthcare would be. He said that kind of a couple years ago, early on. So great. So you got what we had. Although my dad is like, you know, they said you could keep your doctor and you can't. I'm like, okay, I don't know what to tell you about that. But if you have, didn't have health insurance and now you can afford it, I think that's a good thing. And if you didn't have health insurance, and now you can afford it. Then did you have a doctor before? Like, right. I don't know. So um, then let's see. Canceled student loans. All right. First of all, no, you can't do that. It's too much on the economy. I mean, oh, there's like two trillion or something. There's like yeah. a, or billions in student loans. I'm like, but there should be. How can you absorb all that? You cannot. You cannot. And if you do that, what about all the people who are like, there's got to be some type of middle ground because there are people who are going to be going to college and now they won't, like, what's going to happen to them? Are they going to have to pay the same fees or, or is that yeah. going to change too? So it's all very odd to me. You can't just cut that. You can't just stop that. But what you can do is maybe the middle ground is say, all right, if you owe 100000 then maybe we could put you into a, a zero um, percent well, that was really the thing. I'm like, if you want to help people, then don't charge them interest. Give interest-free exactly. loans. Because at least then they might have a chance to get out from under it. The thing is, you when you interest keeps compounding, I mean, takes you right. like 30 years right. to get rid of some debt. Yeah, so. and that's just not fair. And then the whole free college thing, again, I think people... First of all, how do you pay for it? And second, I think people aren't really getting it i don't know i know it doesn't make sense to me i mean you can't free doesn't mean free in the government someone's gonna have to pay for it yes and though i mean the government doesn't control private universities so maybe somehow they could mandate that public universities have to let kids go for free but then again that would be because the federal government is paying the universities still need to make money to do things like yeah. pay teachers and right right but yeah i've been talking to people and of course since my oldest daughter is getting ready to apply to colleges it is weird to me just over the last 30 years how much college has in the tuition has increased and i was yeah, and that's talking huge. With my dad and i was like you know, I said, I don't really understand where the money goes. I said, I have to assume that the professors are demanding to make more money and that most of it goes to salaries. I said, I know other things cost more, but that's like inflation and college tuitions are outstripping inflation by I went to a, a private Catholic college because they were the only... I started out at a business school mm-hmm. and then I switched over. So I, that's the only reason why I went to that college. They were the only one in the area mm-hmm. that would take my credits. Mm-hmm. And it was still kind of expensive, but I still got it paid for by my company as long mm-hmm. as I kept an A average, right? Okay. But I still remember it being like 200 bucks a credit. And if I was taking two, you know, two classes a semester or whatever, mm-hmm. 
It did. I mean, it's st- it was a lot of money back then. That was okay. twenty years ago, whatever. No, that was, but still, yeah. yeah. But still, I was more like closer to thirty, thirty-five, years ago. probably years ago. Yeah, no, thirty my, years ago. I went to college in ninety-one, so I'm coming right up on my thirty. That's right. So it was so like you're, you're like something thirty years to thirty-five. Ago. Yes. So I mean, but that's that was still a lot of money back then. That was my... like a master's degree type of money for the credits. Well, my. So my college tuition each year, like my whole undergraduate education, I think my tuition was like $15,000 a year and that included room and board. So 15,000 times four is 60. That's how much a lot of kids are paying for one, one year, year of college now. Right. Like, where is all this money going? Because of course I think universities, they have investments, right? They try to keep an endowment. They try to make some money so right. that they have some. But it's still, that's... I just don't know where the money's going. Right. Why do they need so much You're money? You're talking $50,000 a year for a top school. And you have to Not think that... Not even a top school, I feel like. Well, like, like Michigan. Yeah. That's where my son wants to uh-huh. go. And I'm like, like, I better dude, move there first. Yeah, right? But they don't... T- they take less in-state students than they oh, take out-of-state students. Oh, okay. So, I was like, oh, you have a better chance if we move. That's right. So... Um, but what I'm thinking is still that particular college is a Big Ten football team. Yeah. And they have a huge sixty, seventy-five thousand dollars uh seat or however many yeah. seats they have. Yes. Their, so they're bringing in money just for that. Yeah, for that program. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about all the other programs right. they have. Right. And they 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 give their coaches like a million a year in yeah. salary and this well, and that. So okay. But those programs I feel like are almost self sustaining. Exactly. Like regular academic classes That's, like the professors. I don't know. But I would love to see some. T- and I'm sure it's I would out agree there, with you. I, I would like, just to, like see to know where why the money is 30 going. Thirty years later, is it costing like three hundred percent more yes. to get an undergraduate education right. than it did thirty years ago? Right. That clearly outstrips inflation. So even if yeah. you're like giving professors raises to account for inflation, it's like where is the money going? And I understand like things cost more now, but again, I always felt like inflation was a that was like the measure. So, you know, infrastructure of your college and universities, you have to pay to like keep things working and like the all buildings. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes I get it. Like colleges want to expand, but then I'm like, well, if you're expanding, you're taking on more students. Now I do think this is, I do think this happens actually at a lot of colleges. So I think maybe they've jacked up the prices because they then do give a significant amount of financial aid. So not everyone is paying that $60,000 a year price tag. They're That's what I'd like money. to believe. I do think, so like we were toward Boston University and they said of the financial aid they give out, I think 92% of it is need-based and 8% is merit-based. And they cover, I can't remember if they were one of the colleges that had a pledge that they would cover like a hundred percent of need-based or something like Mm -hmm. that. That could be wrong. I don't know. But I just thought, I mean, like I said, this is only my brain working. I don't have data to back it up, but I just assume the reason that it is costing so much more is that the professors are demanding to be paid more. Right. That's all I can think because if you grow, you grow because you have more students. 
Therefore, you still have more income, so you still should be able to pay the extra teachers and professors that you need to... So I don't get it. I don't know. I have no idea. And taxes... I mean, colleges are set up as educational nonprofit institutions, so I don't think they really pay exactly. taxes. Exactly. Exactly. Even private universities. I mean, so I'm just... I don't know. Where it's does the money scam. go? But the point is, nobody should believe Bernie... Thank you for saying that because I I've been feeling the same way. He it's something Chris was telling me the other night. I I have to maybe cite this information, but he's one of his platforms is he wants to raise minimum wage. Okay. To fifth. Okay, so this is how it would work: fifteen dollars yeah. an hour. Which what is it now? It's ten. Ten. Okay. So it would be fifteen dollars an hour, mm-hmm. but he's talking about all these other programs to to pay for. And if he does, he would then, in fact, have to tax you back. And if he taxes you back, you're really only bringing home seven fifty an hour. So all these hmm. ideas of oh, fifteen dollars an hour, midway, he still have to, he's going to have to tax you at some point. And well, I you're think really he only going to tax the rich more than the I, minimum wage workers, I, right? I really, really feel like it always screws the poor people. Like, the poor people of this country get screwed the most. I think he's going to screw the middle class the most. I don't think he's going to screw the... I think that's true, too. I think it's going to be the middle class. Um, I think we always pay the most taxes. I think we always... We we don't, actually. So, of course, the reality is, by dollar amount, the wealthy do pay the most taxes. You see, now, I've seen people on the internet. I know. You can't trust the internet. I've seen people who are like, I need to get taxed more. I mean, I am. Oh, and I'm, I think Warren Buffett or Bill, somebody has said that. Yeah. But I'm I was not like, being taxed enough. Right. That's probably still the minority opinion among the wealthy. And that's the a wealthy, 1% yes, opinion. But the wealthy do pay, as an actual dollar amount, they do pay more than anyone else in this country. Okay. Okay. The poor, it impacts them the most because of the way the graduated tax system works. Like, if you make less than a certain amount, there is a certain amount that you are not taxed on, but then as a percentage of their income, like the impact of, I don't even know what the lowest individual income bracket is now. Maybe it's like 15%. It okay. might be a little lower. But like 15% of your tiny income is much more impactful than 15% of the rich person's first. So let's say... You get $10,000 free, and then if you make $20,000 a year, your next $10,000 is taxed at 15%. That's still the same for the rich. Like, their first $20,000 of income is taxed at 15%. And the reason they pay more is because they make it into the higher brackets and they have larger amounts of money. Right. So, like, the poor aren't paying nearly as much Mm. as the rich, but the impact it has on them is more significant. Like... If we were really going to help the poor, you literally might say, if you're a family of four and you're only making $50,000 a year, that's poverty level and you don't pay any taxes. Right. So. I feel like this is all very medieval. It kind of seems like, right? I mean, think about it. Think about history. and you Serfs. Serfs. I don't yeah. know. It's, but the middle class does always get screwed. I I think in modern day, historically, yes. And that's how, I mean, you know, Obama ran on trying to protect the middle class and help the middle class. 
Um, the middle class is always a bit of a shifting target. Mm-hmm. Um, just as our society evolves. So you have, for example, you know, one of the things that Trump ran on, which is obviously just so ironic to me since the man was raised wealthy and lives in like gold plated residences and whatnot, (laughs) but claims that he can understand, you know, the blue collar working class that are losing their jobs as, and this has been going on for decades you know companies are relocating their plants overseas because it's cheaper labor and therefore they feel they have an obligation to their shareholders and so the bottom Mm -hmm. line is they need to make more profit right um and that's how they do it and it's because you know the american people want to be paid more for their work right um and so it, it just Manufacturing jobs, just as a society advances, are necessarily going to be fewer than in the past, I think. And, um, you know, the real problem is that people are not, people of a certain age, there's no programs to retrain them to put them in other jobs. And that's, or, yeah. they don't want the jobs that are available. People, like, that freak out, like, immigrants are taking my job. I'm like... You don't do you want, want that job? Yeah. You don't want that job. Right. So who's going to do it? Yeah. Like, That's been my, my big thing for a long time. Yeah. And I often wonder, you know, um, bringing back vocational school in a big way. My dad would tell you, he says he wishes that, this is relative to college. He thinks most people should not go to college. I agree. And he said he wishes that companies would take more responsibility and give more on-the-job training. So my dad did go to college. Mm-hmm. I think he started off at a community college and then transferred to a four-year school. Mm-hmm. And, like, as recently as a week ago, you know, he said, honestly, I don't know how I made it through college and actually got a job, which he got a job right out of college, worked for that same company for 41 years. Wow. He got on-the-job training. Yeah. And so, and I told, well, so then I tell him, and this is where I'm going to have a plug for a wonderful charity called Year Up, Y-E-A-R, I keep telling my dad, if you feel you have too much money, then give it to this organization because this is exactly what they do. They target low-income metro youth, mm-hmm. and they give them like six months of skills training, get them a six-month internship at a company entry level that then will hopefully hire them with right. the understanding like these are people you train on the job, right. and they're willing to do it, and they don't need a college education to do this entry-level job, and if you train them... They will stick around more than the college kid that thinks this is beneath them, right? Right. So, um, you know, I try to tell my dad that because I don't, you can't, we're at a place in society where I don't think you can tell people you can't go to college. We've already been there, done that. Like, if you do that, then you're falling into these stereotypes and taking away opportunities. Listen, there may be a whole host of young adults from poverty to wealth who shouldn't be in college for whatever reason right but the wealthier are always going to end up in college because that's the societal norm and they can afford it right whereas the poorer kids are not going to right and so but those kids you can't assume that kid could be the next kid that cures cancer or something just because they're poor you can't assume that they're not able to go to college and if you do that I just think that's bad I mean I think what my dad is saying he just wishes society would have more of a willingness to train on the job but a lot of these jobs are very 
technical and now that's the and other do thing, require yeah. mm-hmm. some baseline education and having a huge on-the-job training program, then that costs them money and when they're counting on the colleges to do right. it for them. So I don't know what the right answer is there. I don't know. I woke up at 3 in the morning thinking about this this morning. I didn't go to bed until about 3 in the morning thinking about God knows what. But not looking forward to this week, as we talked about. <laughs> right. You and I both aren't looking forward to this week. <laughs> this week where we lost an hour springing ahead. There's going to be a full moon, and it ends on Friday the 13th. Everybody's like, basically, beware of this week. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to walk around in a plastic bubble. Yeah. I wish but I anyway, my thought was this. If maybe, just maybe, this China thing with coronavirus might be a blessing in that they've had to shut down a lot of manufacturing and what's going on over there. And I'm wondering if maybe somebody gets the idea, hey, let's build this stuff here. But you know how the problem is it takes, it's not like you can snap your fingers right. and just do it. Right. So but that's I'm just like, wondering if it sparks the idea if it we shouldn't be dependent people. on other countries to do what we can do here. But the thing well, is we don't have the we don't have the labor. Even I mean, like, I think we we can. It's so hard. So like my and dad, it'll reverse. I feel like if that happens, like then the Republicans will be like, tear down those walls. That's right. Bring it all in. <laughs> No, I just think, um, I don't know, I think, so there are people of a certain age who have lost their jobs and can't be retrained for them. I'm thinking like coal miners, right? Right. And of course, from an environmental perspective, we're trying to move away from these dirty fuels, but then the coal miners get all upset because their jobs are gone and then people like Trump step in roll back EPA, you know, right. earth friendly things to get the votes from these people. And right. it's like, all right, that is just a disservice because the reality is we're not going to return to a majority coal fueled nation. Right. right. Um, if only because it's a natural resource and we've kind of exploited it right. to, you know, a certain extent. And so there are people of a certain age that just are freaking out understandably because maybe they can't provide for their families or themselves. Right. But really, the next generation of people who don't have the skills to make as much money as perhaps they see some neighbors or friends making or something, do they want to go down in the coal mines? Like, I feel like they're just this generation where they're dissatisfied with their station in life. They don't have the skills to get the top-paying white-collar jobs or the resume or skills mm-hmm. and they They're don't want to do the jobs, jobs like they don't want to do the yeah. blue they don't want to do them right. like there's a certain and it may oh, be the millennials they don't want to they and they don't see any value in it and i'll i'll give you a perfect example a person to do it i have uh, a cousin up north whose son uh, he's like 18 19 years old and college really wasn't a priority Mm -hmm. so he just decided to take a entry-level job uh, apprenticing for a plumber Mm -hmm. yep get a vocation figured out i really like this yeah and the guy who owns the company has three other sons Mm -hmm. who are no interest no interest in the company yep and the, the guy's pulling in well over a million dollars a year. Yeah. So he said to him, he said to my, my cousin's son, he said, listen, you're doing such great work. 
would you be interested in taking over at some yeah, point? Yeah, when I retire. Yeah, and he's, the kid was like, well, I, like, I don't know how, I don't but know. I will yes. train you. Yes, he's yeah. like, I'll train you. Yeah. So think about that. And I always I tell my son, yeah. I say, August. Same thing, get a vocation. Get a voc- get, go to college, yeah. but get a vocation. Yeah. Train and do something, because you never know. You could do HVAC. You could do plumbing. Well, my friend's son, he went to college, and it just wasn't his thing. And he was using his dad's GI Bill, and it was just getting very frustrating. Like, you're wasting this money. Right. And so I think they told him, like, you have to find something else. So he went down to Jacksonville and went to basically like an electrician's vocational yeah. school, you know, and now is going to do that work. And it's like, great, we need electricians in right. society, right? So I understand that's a manual labor, maybe, I guess, considered blue collar yep. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're resourceful, you can start your own business. You can have people working for you. Like you can, you can be an entrepreneur, which is, you know, what a lot of these young folks want to be. But I'm like, in the meantime, you have a steady job and an income. And yeah, I mean, not, I think it's nice if people are working, if they like their jobs, that's ideal, but there's, Society can just is not set up for every single person in it to be the one that dramatically changes the world because right. we need the people that do the work that keeps things running. And I think like a lot of our society, it's not glamorous. It's not glamorous. That's the problem. It's nobody's going to be impressed. Being a teacher isn't glamorous. Bringing a police officer or fireman isn't glamorous. Well, police officer and fireman people still might be more impressed. Nobody's going to be impressed that you're an electrician. Nobody's going to be impressed that you, you know. But these are all people that that deserve awards at the end of the year for what they do because they're they're. Well, at the very least, let's face it, we need our AC. Everybody deserves. I need my toilet. Give people the same respect, (laughs) right? I need my car. There are things. Yeah, exactly. I think people. I mean, I do think it's a money thing. I think people see people now making more money. We're just a more connected society. Mm -hmm. You know, I think maybe fifty, sixty years ago, you Mm -hmm. just lived in your little community and you were with other people of your same socioeconomic status mm-hmm. there was no social media like right. there you know maybe there wasn't as big a celebrity culture like you just don't I mean we didn't have the economy we have now right and so more people are making more money and I think some people are feel bitter about that but it's like well what do you want us to do if you're a Republican you supposedly tell us you're against, you know, government assistance or quote handouts. So mm-hmm. what what are we what are we supposed to do for you? I'm sorry that your life didn't turn out the way you wanted it to, but right. you have these job opportunities and you know, you can make enough money to live. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if you can't afford as much as other people around you. But what are, what am I supposed to do about that? Bernie would say, well, we'll tax the rich right. to give more stuff to you to make you feel less bad about yourselves. Right. That's literally what I feel right, like right, kind right. of the Bernie voter is. But it's the same thing with Trump. It's like, but really what, the way, I feel like the way, because the Republicans don't want to give you anything. So, right. It's more just they want the people who are doing better 
to feel badly about themselves so that the people who are doing worse, like, have some outlet for their bitterness. I mean, there are plenty of people who don't make a lot of money and they're not unhappy about right, it. Right, right, right. It's the people that are unhappy. They mm-hmm. feel aggrieved somehow. Like right. The world hasn't been fair to them. Like, you know, they should be making more money or they should have more things. Like, so... I just that's that's very s- philosophical. Now we're going on. I, don't know I know. Again. Sorry. I, 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 <laughs> don't even get me started. I was just, just going to talk about farm bill subsidies, but that may be enough about that. Oh yeah, no, please. <laughs> that's we, another podcast. We need some really. more, more rosé. <laughs> but anywho, well, you were, um, you know, as we know, we are in the coronavirus oh, era, yeah, yeah. and I believe you had some thoughts to share about that. Well, first off, I think I was listening to. Um, uh, new podcast. Okay. I, I forgot the other... I feel bad. I, oh, it's Peter Carello and Sebastian Maliscalco. And they're like my... He's... Some big names. Sebastian is like my favorite comedian right now. Okay. Don't and know And they've him. had this podcast going since 2014, which I wasn't okay. aware. I just kind of came across it and I went, oh, I got to listen to this. So okay. I've been listening from the beginning. Okay. And what I'm cracking up about is that at the time of this podcast, the Ebola break- breakout had just happened. Okay. And they were talking on the podcast. They were like, oh, Ebola, freaking Ebola, ba-ba-ba-ba. We got to worry about this now. We got to worry about that. And I'm like, I remember Ebola, like that yeah. breakout. But yes. the thing was, the difference between that and Corona is that it, the Ebola was just flat out deadly. I mean, right. you couldn't get within right. feet of a person. Yes. 98% of you were going to die yeah. just thinking about Ebola. And, but they contained it to that mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. I think. There's a vaccination for it now. Well, I do know they saved a couple of those American um, aid workers who caught it when they were over in Africa. I remember they came back and they did, quote, cure them. So, So, like, and and so it got me kind of thinking. I'm like, since then we've survived SARS, I think. SARS was right around that time, too. The original outbreak, I think, yes. And then, um, what was the other? MRSA. MRSA. That's like a that's like a really well, that big, was, yeah, which um, like yeah. bacterial infection. Yes, which is prevalent in hospitals actually. Correct. So, and then yeah. I was trying to think of what else from then, but right. now we have coronavirus. And right. then I was thinking about more people die of the flu every year. The regular flu. Yes, yes. I know. So and then I was <laughs> watching the TV, and I'm completely blown away by how. The media has to keep telling people, wash your hands. <laughs> Sorry. I know. I know. The laugh is expected and appreciated because what were you doing before this time? Oh, I think people in general are horrible, horrible. hand washers. I know. Horrible. And then it, it's become a, quite the topic of conversation at the dinner table, like in various situations where people are like, well, you know, at work, I'll be in a stall. Yeah. And somebody, somebody will leaves. be doing their business, and then they leave, and they I don't. I did not run. hear the water running. <laughs> and I'm like, "What's wrong with people? Is it that bad that you don't either care about washing your hands, or like you have to be reminded to wash your hands from some media outlet?" It's very childlike. Like, so for example, you know, Vivian comes home from the gym. If you're and five I'm years old, like, I get it. Yeah, but no, I'm always like, you know. Come, she's got, have you washed your hands? Right. Don't put any food in your mouth until you've washed Wash your, your hands. hands. So I'm like, this 
is your danger zone. Danger zone. And Vivian knows. She's like, yeah, mucous membrane of the eyes. Yeah, your we nose, talk about it. your ears, we rub your the mouth. Eyes. Yeah, yeah, don't pick your nose. Don't put your hands in your right. mouth. Right. Don't rub your eyes. And that's, and that's, that's the That's hardest. our downfall yeah. is the rubbing of the eyes. So, because I want to rub my eyes. Right. I need to rub my eyes. I know. Every so once in a while, you just need to rub your eyes. Yeah. And it just happens. I know. But uh, hopefully your hands will be have been washed. Well, but sometimes the... you're out and about in the world. I know. There's no running I water. I know. It's like the dark ages. I... <laughs> I'm So kidding. then, now we've been talking about all the conspiracy theories. And yes. That. Yes. So, I was talking to my mom. This was a couple weeks ago. And she had just been to the doctor uh, mm-hmm. for just, you know, her random checkup and her her doctor uh volunteers at the cdc okay so she was saying how uh the thing is it's an interesting virus because it's the first one they know of that jumped from animal to human contact that quickly right um because uh, i guess the bats it, and the jinbu culture of china <laughs> put a pin in that okay and so they're you know they're struggling to, to contain it but 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 um, so that was one thing that's mm-hmm. going on. So that's not necessarily a conspiracy theory. That's a, like a, a fact, apparently. Yes, and because it's yeah. the it's it's how they eat over there. There's well, and also much... what they use it for. Like right. bats are ground up into powder that end up in things. But yes, yes, they they are part of the food over there, and yeah, and it's not monitored like it would be over here. Yeah, because it's just again they have a different cultural palette of eating yes than we do here yes. in the u.s so so but the one conspiracy theory i thought was interesting was um that the chinese had known about the coronavirus mm-hmm. and pur- purposely put it out there and spread it to uh disperse the hong kong riots of course, I don't. I haven't heard anything about it making its way to Hong Kong yet. But yes. right, it's just it like to put it out to, right. to prevent all this. Well, I think uprising. there was probably definitely a a conspiracy theory about it being a bioterror weapon, even if used against their own people. Um, you know, I mean, but then for what purpose? Well, because you, you know, inside your own country, they have minorities. That they're not happy with, and they're trying to wipe. Yes, them out. because you, we have to remember this is a communist country. Yes, I mean they act like they're, you know. One well, of... they participate in the world economy on a big yes. scale, but yes. yes, they are still a communist country that doesn't promote individual human rights. So, right. right. Um, so yeah, it was this this whole coronavirus has been interesting, but I and then I'm. We, you and I, and our friend Y loves mm-hmm. watching that. Oh well, maybe you. I don't watch a, it. You don't. Whatever okay. it is, if There's you say watch, it's probably not in my next door neighbor. Oh the, yes, the app. No, it's so funny. Somebody's been there. Are a couple it's of different petri dishes of so, social media. Yes, and the conspiracy. Those theories and the people that are on there, oh, and God. I'm like, seriously. Oh, and yelling at each other, oh, and you're God. starting a riot, and beep up, boop up, and I'm like. Should I just get on there and tell them all to wash their hands? These people. Well, because it's a the, fear. That sounds like a fear outlet. People are yeah. afraid and they can't help. And the biggest have... fear is, is the, the, one of the things is the, the quarantine, the two-week quarantine is necessary because most people won't get it. 
And you, but you, I think the fear is you can't trust people to self quarantine. Right. And by the time they've got symptoms. And the masks are really only for immune compromised people. Yeah. Or um, people, yeah, or people who are already sick. Like if you're not sick, you don't need one. Well, and I, I mean, some people, I've heard eyes. different people, like the masks are only good for the first two hours you put them on anyway. Right. Unless the mask has a filter on it, you're not actually being protected from the virus. If you happen to be sick, having a regular mask might slow down, like, or decrease the chances of you spreading it a little bit. Right. The mask would prevent some of the germs from, like, if you sneezed or coughed from just spewing. Right, right. But that still, the virus can go through the masks. And, um, yes, yeah, so I would say in our household currently, we are on the non paranoid side. Um, yeah, neither are we. Knock on wood. I mean, also, we are. I, 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 we're, we're on the same side. We're on the same side. But we, um, you know, because I feel like this is most dangerous for the same populations that the regular flu is dangerous. Small right. children, mm-hmm. elderly, well, and immunocompromised people. Well, not For some reason, kids aren't being affected by it at, uh, under a certain age. Really? Yeah. That's, that's actually a fact, too. For some reason, children aren't being affected by uh, coronavirus. Okay, that's just weird. It's, yeah. It's, so it's immune. I can't even think of any scientific people, reason. Unless their vaccinations are more recent no, than because adults. You, you can't get, you, the flu vaccination and. Well, not even just the flu vaccination. I just mean maybe there's some other, like, tangential benefit of this series of vaccinations that kids get between like zero and five that is somehow just making their immune system a little bit more resistant because they they are noticing that in in china that these kids just aren't being affected and i think it's usually like 10 and under okay hmm interesting well jonathan had told me the statistic in the last week or two that so far in georgia i think he said 40 Kids ages 17 and under have died from the regular flu this year. See? That's that, a lot. That's a lot. I mean, and people are freaking out about, you know, the two or three coronavirus diagnoses here that haven't... That I don't were, know. Have we seen our first coronavirus death? I can't remember. I know we've had a couple no. of No, but we've diagnoses. had diagnoses. And one of them, the first one that... Or the second one that... No, I'm sorry. There were two people here in Georgia. Yeah, they came back from Italy, right? A married yes, couple. Yes, and they were quarantined, and they live in yeah. uh, Johns Creek. And I heard their son, though, goes to some school over in Woodstock, and they closed that school. It was like a private yeah. Christian homeschool. Right. And they closed it, even though they're like, oh, he wasn't here. Right. I don't know. But this is the problem, yeah. But there, there is a, a um, it's kind of like an urgent care, a little bit bigger than that. And someone came in with symptoms, and they sent them away. Because they didn't have the test for it or something, They didn't have the test for it, but what they were showing at the time, the symptoms that they were showing weren't conducive to coronavirus, but they sent them away, and the person came back like three or four days later a little sicker, and that's when they admitted them. Hmm. But I think it's really just the uh, fever and the shortness, coughing and shortness of breath is what you have to look for. And that, to me, would present itself as pneumonia, right? Um, which is a secondary illness after the flu or bronchitis. Right. So if you're already sick and you're, pre- you're shortness of breath, you need to go see the doctor immediately. 
But don't they say don't flood the emergency room? Go try and see your doctor first. Yeah, if you can, just. Um, yeah. So I let's see. I'm looking up cases in the U.S. So this is updated as of yesterday. Total cases 164. Total deaths 11. States reporting cases 19. That's what they claim. And they claim 36 of these cases were travel related. Right. 18 were person to person spread and 110 are under investigation. So they're trying to figure out where to get it from. Right. Um, and Those Georgia. Cruises. Georgia is one of the, the worst state, of course, is Washington state. They've had the most number of cases and the most fatalities. And then Georgia is kind of in the low, the low state. We're, we're in the one to five reported cases. Okay. And then after Washington State, California. And I know California has declared a state of emergency. I think I read New York did too. And I can see from this map that New York is creeping up there. After Washington State and California, this map, New York has the most. Next well, you have places. to remember the big East Coast places like L.A. or San Fran or New York City are going to get pummeled the most because that's where people fly into the they most. Like, I'm shocked that Atlanta doesn't have more, really, because we are an international airport. That's because we just pass people through. Come here, keep going. Come here, right, keep right, going. Right, right, right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, except for this winter, you'd say, like, it's warmer down here. Jonathan, I think, said... Somebody I was talking to said that the flu virus has harder trouble surviving in warmer temperatures, which Maybe. is why people tend to get sick with the flu in the winter. Right. So, although I'm like, well, California isn't cold. Maybe it's cold for California. I don't know. I don't know. know. Yeah. But anywho, yes, the so world is our, burning, Marissa. Our coronavirus update. The world is burning. Who knows? I mean, we what well, we saw, the stock market's... Like completely freaked out, right? Due to the allegedly due to the corona. Well, yeah, virus. because of the stopping of shipments, manufacturing, and manufacturing. But, but now the, now's the time to buy. Ah, uh, so I tell Jonathan, and he's like, "What? No." <laughs> Both Jonathan and my brother have said the market isn't done. With yeah, its no. Downturn but yet. I've always said you have people need to understand. Whatever goes up must come down. And I've been saying for months now, there's a correction coming up. I don't know what's going to cause it, but it's going to come up soon. This is going to cause it. People freaking yeah. out and People selling off. Their money. I'm like, Warren Buffett says when everybody else is selling, you should be buying. Right. And Jonathan was like, well, I guess if you don't need it in the short term, I'm like, I'll hold it for 30 years. Right. <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly... Realistically, the stock market is not a great bet for your money. If Ever. you leave it in for a long time and you hit the market right. I mean, my parents made a lot of money in the stock market. So mm -hmm. over the course of, you know, 30 to 40 years. So right. in my that's experience, a long time. it does work. Yeah, me too. So it doesn't work if you're like wanting to take your money out every couple of years or something. Right. But um, anywho, well, we have covered some heavy things in this discussion. And I think it was excellent. It was excellent. But do we have anything lighthearted to end on? I don't know. It's a beautiful day out. And we have had like four weeks of rain, six weeks of rain, I think. And we're supposed to be getting rain midweek this week. So enjoy you your just... week, please. 
enjoy the sun. I got sunburned yesterday. Really? I'm watching August tennis match. I was out there for two hours. Interesting. Poor kid. That's how long he basically played for. Aww. I know. Everybody else got done with their matches like in record time and the poor kid's out there suffering. Aww. But it's all good, man. Whatever whatever he loses at makes him stronger. So he's good. There you go. He's and good. Pretty soon. I don't know. Maybe Indian Wells started this week. I think it did. Or we can. Let's see. It's, to... If not, it's coming up. Because I need to get on that and start watching. I haven't mm -hmm. watched tennis the whole month of February, really, because it's always been WTA, and you know how I feel about that. Yeah, we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> I will tell you, there is ATP. I mean, Yeah, I know, but it, they haven't been playing it as much, and I don't even know who some of these players are, so it's like, eh. That's true. Um, yeah, it starts tomorrow, Monday, March 9th. The Indian okay. Wells Masters. I struggle watching college tennis, and some of it was college tennis, so I'm like, I can't uh, watch I don't anymore. watch college tennis. Uh, oh, they're going to have boys and ball boys and girls who wear gloves at the International Tennis Tournament, which of course is in California, to combat the spread of the novel coronavirus. Yeah, lots of things have been canceled. I know. I kind of forgot that that tournament is out in state of emergency, California. Right. So. All right. Anywho. Anyhow. We'll be back again one day. Yes, we will. But it's bye for now. Bye for now. This is Babs, and I will be discussing the current political scene as it relates to the upcoming 2020 election, um, specifically uh, Joe Biden apparently did very well in the March 10th primaries, and now organizations like NPR are saying he has a clear path to the nomination. But what does that actually mean? Well, in democratic parlance... It means that you have to get to, let's see, I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, so thank you. You need 1,991 delegates to win the nomination, and currently live updated today as of 10.23 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Joe Biden had 864 and Bernie Sanders had 710. My guess, therefore, would be that Sanders is not technically mathematically eliminated as say perhaps the rest of the crew i'm very curious as to who joe is going to put on his ticket so let's just see who is joe going to put on his ticket oh well first sources that come up are actually very old so that's interesting let's see if we can find something that isn't fox news and is a little more current democrats eye a vice presidential consolation prize that's from the new york times three days ago let's see a female vice president would make history but some cringe at settling for silver after spending a year competing hard for the gold that is an article by Lisa Lehrer and Reed J. Epstein. Let's see. Oh. 
At least one women's organization, Supermajority, circulated a petition asking both Senator Bernie Sanders and former Vice President Joe Biden Jr. to affirm their commitment to gender equity by choosing a woman as their running mate. Uh, let's see. The calls for a female vice president have been intensified as the primary is essentially narrowed to a two-man race. And on Sunday, Ms. Harris of California endorsed Mr. Biden, heightening speculation that she could be selected as his running mate. wonder how much that makes sense. Miss Kamala Harris is from the great state of California, and I feel confident that the Democrats are still going to win the state of California regardless of whether or not Miss Harris is on the ticket. So um, she, of course, does have the benefit, some would say, of being both a female and um, a minority, as opposed to, say, Amy Klobuchar. But I guess I would be okay with Kamala or Amy being on Joe's ticket, part of the Jomentum. Um, and I don't know which would be better for him. I tend to think perhaps a state like Minnesota might be more in play and the Midwest might be more in play than California. And I guess the disappointing thing to me is waiting until the convention. You'd think that people would want to, not people, but you'd think historically this might have shifted and candidates might actually find it interesting to add somebody to their ticket earlier as it might um, have more of an impact. I wonder if there are any rules specifically that say you can't announce your VP. I wouldn't think there would be. I would think it would just be the way people do things, perhaps trying to control. They only want uh, one person influencing the decision. So for example, if somebody loved Joe but hated his running mate, they don't want that to be relevant in the primaries when they're trying to secure the nomination. I don't know, but I do wonder uh, how much of this is actually keeping people's attention in light of the coronavirus. So, because I'm not really seeing that much when I Google who is Joe going to put on his ticket. So, I guess maybe there's not that much to discuss. Uh, as we all know, the election is Tuesday, November 3rd. Assuming we're not under martial law by then. Uh, and I guess we will see. I'd be curious to hear people's thoughts on if they had to choose between Joe and Bernie. Who would you choose? Guys, how do you talk about Hey everyone, this is Marissa of the Riss and Babs Walk in the Park podcast. How is everybody doing? 
I am happy to report that I am doing well. <laughs> For those of you who are wondering why I'm telling you this, it's just simply because we are in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic. And yes, that's a, that's a real thing. We are in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and in the beginning, I, I personally didn't think it was all that big of a deal. But I think the reason why people are freaking out is because it, although it is a lot like the flu, um, the difference is very simple. It tends to hit people a little harder and quicker than the flu. And um, it'll hurt people with um, um, compromised immune systems faster specifically people like older people, um, yeah, maybe people who are receiving cancer treatments, um, the elderly, that type of thing. So what I did want to do, though, is I'm just going to see if I can pull it up. Um, let's see. It was something that I saw on Facebook, which I thought was kind of funny, but I think you'll all appreciate it. So back in, first of all, um, people of this world have been suffering with pandemics since the beginning of time. Um, humanity always moves forward, knock on wood, and um, praise be to God, depending on how you look at it. Um, I'd be curious to know what happened during the plague. I, I mean, I understand a little bit of the disease, but I, I know that um, hygiene wasn't a priority and many people died just because of that fact. And here we are always talking about washing our hands. And the only thing I'm going to say about that is that if you are not washing your hands, or if you've been, you've only started washing your hands prior to this particular pandemic, you need to be smacked in, in the head because that's ridiculous. When you go to the bathroom, you should wash your hands. Before you eat dinner, you should wash your hands. After you come home from the store, you should be washing your hands. This shouldn't be any new, anything new. So that's ridiculous. All right, so, uh, oh, wait, where is it? Here we go. Okay, so in 2000, I'm going back a little ways, but I'm going to list all the things that have happened in my immediate lifetime. Y2K is going to kill us all. <laughs> 2001, anthrax is going to kill us all. I remember that. 2002, West Nile virus is going to kill us all. 2003, SARS is going to kill us all. 2005, bird flu. 2006, E. coli. 2008, uh, oh, that, a bad economy is going to kill us. 2009, swine flu. 2010, BP oil, that big spill was going to really hurt us. 2012, the Mayan calendar was going to kill us all. 2013, North Korea. It's going to get all of us. 2014, the Ebola virus. 2015, Disney measles and ISIS are going to kill us. I don't even know what Disney measles is. I'm going to have to look that one up. 2016, Zika virus, and then 2020, uh, coronavirus. I guess my whole thing with this is that, yes, this is a pretty um, tough space for us to be in right now, but, I, I mean, politics aside, I think that we, as a, the reason why I recorded this podcast this much later than what we recorded last weekend, I've allowed a week to go through is because I was waiting to see what the latest stats and not even just the stats, but to see where exactly this was all going. 
So a couple of facts to keep in mind one week later is that China has officially closed 14 of their 16 hospitals that they built in like a couple days because their pandemic has finally started to slow down. Um, they closed those hospitals. They're no longer needed. They're probably going to wind up tearing them down. I don't know. Um, I think they have, as a matter of fact. So we're seeing the, the uh, decline of the pandemic in China. Right now, we're seeing it ramped up in Europe, specifically places like Italy. Um, so, and I think that it's really hitting Italy harder than a lot of other countries because they do have, in fact, a very, uh, an older population. So it's the elderly that are, are dying. Um, let's see, uh, there have been a lot of uh, restrictions on European travel. I think uh, President Trump has d declared a state of emergency we are, certain countries are accepting, um, are being allowed to come back here via flying, but, um, uh, but there are restrictions. I think they're allowing some people to come back from Europe, but, um, I think all flights from Italy and certain other countries are being stopped. And let's see, what else is going on? I know that President Trump gave a speech today, but I, I didn't tune in. I was too busy doing other things. Um, so I didn't get to watch and see what he had said, and I don't think it would have made a difference. I just know that he did declare a state of emergency. And I think that's really about it, where we stand right now. I know this country, the United States, is freaking out over having not having toilet paper. I mean... I think it'll, oh, and I know for a fact that our particular county in Georgia has shut down the schools for at least the next two weeks. Um, so I know that's happening right now, and we're all trying to figure out what digital learning is. So I have to go back tonight and, and read that email because that starts on Monday or Tuesday. Um, it's all very... It sounds like it's all very scary, but the reality is you just need to use your common sense. So, again, people, wash your hands. Um, if, you're, if you're that scared, then don't go to anywhere. Don't go anywhere that is highly populated. I know they're canceling a lot of um, bigger venues. I know NASCAR is still taking place this weekend but here in Georgia, but I think that they've already postpone the masters so uh the golf tournament lots of it's like hitting this not sure exactly what's going to happen but i know that i think here in the united states um i think it'll start to decline a little bit i think we are you know we weren't fully prepared for this and i i'm praying that going forward our government does a little bit of a better job for instance, I feel like when this whole hit with China, we should have just shut down flights from China, and that should have been it. I don't know that that would, really would have changed anything. Probably not, because those people would have came to the country, and they would have spread it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Anyway, so that's really my update on the coronavirus, and I'm sure next week when um, Babs and I talk, uh, we'll have more of an update for you, but... Please wash your hands, people. You should be washing your hands anyway. That's my best advice. Uh, signing off. That's all for now. Talk to you soon. Stay safe, people. Bye.
This has been a season two episode of a walk in the park podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please head on over to Apple podcasts or Google play to rate review and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. You can also follow us on our social media accounts on Twitter. That's at a wit podcast on Facebook. You can find our, a walk in the park, Facebook page by searching at a wit podcast. And on Instagram, you can find us at a walk in the park podcast. We'd love to hear from you.